It's wonderful to be in the Lord's house and Happy New Year to you. Hadn't saw you in the last since last year. Good good thing about it was you hadn't saw me since last year. But we're glad to be in the Lord's house today, and it's so good to see each and every one of you that have come this way. Now, I was just thinking as the choir was singing that last song, Bow the Knee, how appropriate that, message, that song is for the message today. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 26, we'll begin reading in verse 36. I'm going to ask you to stand with us out of reverence to the Word of God, if you would, please. Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, Thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Pray with me, please. Father, as we bow before you this morning, we come to thank you for your love and your mercy that you have so abundantly bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord, for your caring about us. Thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to give your life so that we might live. Father, I pray today that you would illuminate my mind, that you would anoint my lips, that you would help me to speak the words that you would have me to share with your people today. And Lord, as these words go out across the airwaves and across the internet, maybe even to some faraway places in this world, that they might touch the heart of someone, that someone might come to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Father, I thank you for Joe and his uh, commitment that he made to you just last Sunday and his follow-up commitment today and following you in baptism. Lord, I pray your blessings on him. May he grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And may you be glorified in and through his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you and be seated, please.
this passage of Scripture is very central to the life of Jesus Christ and it's central to our life today. And I'll be honest with you, I've struggled with this passage of Scripture this week. It's pretty easy to read, but it's difficult to preach. One morning this week, the Lord woke me up about four o'clock and began to share with me some things that I had never seen in this passage of Scripture today. And I hope that He will bring those things back to my mind. But what we see here is a struggle, a struggle between Jesus and Satan, a struggle that was taking place, and you and I were hanging in the balances. A struggle that is still going on in the hearts and lives of men and women and boys and girls today. If you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you know what it means to have warfare with the devil. To have him come and attack you or have some of his people to come and attack you or even have some of God's people to come and attack you. Let's put the setting here. Jesus had left Jerusalem. He and his disciples, 11 of them, Judas had gone to sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, and he wasn't with this group as they traveled. But they came across the Kidron Valley to the east of Jerusalem, and they come to a place called Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane means an oil press or the olive press. There's many olive trees that grow in the Garden of Gethsemane. They were there in Jesus' days. They were all cut down when Titus overran Jerusalem. But those trees from the, the stumps and the roots of it have grown back. And the tour guides will tell you as you go into that place today that some of those trees date back to the days of Jesus. Olive trees live a long, long time. I remember when we were there in 2010, when we went into the Garden of Gethsemane that morning, we went, just our group, they, they allowed us to go in and they closed the gate so we could have a, a few minutes of private time in there. And out of all of the places we went and all the things that we did, this place stands out in my mind. It was there that we knelt in prayer. We poured our hearts out to God. And it was there that we sang praises to God. It was there that we had a meaningful worship time to begin our day. Jesus comes to that place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Now he was speaking to 
nine of those disciples, I suppose, no, ten. No, nine. I'll get it straight here in a minute. Judas wasn't there. He takes three with him. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, who are James and John. And he takes them a little farther into the garden. And he says to them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me. Now the Bible says there in verse 37, he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. That's King James. That don't mean he was gaining weight. He was very sorrowful. And I looked that word sorrowful up. It means to be distressed, to be grieved, to be hurting, to be saddened, to be pained with great anguish. It means to be consumed with intense sorrow of heart. Matthew describes him as sorrowful and very heavy. Jesus describes himself as, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. If I could put that in my words, Jesus says, men, I have so much sorrow and so much grief in my heart that it's just about to kill me. Stay here. Watch with me. That word watch means to be alert. Stay awake. Watch with me. And the Bible says that he went a little farther. I believe it's Luke that says he went about a stone's cast from them. I don't know how far that is, about as far as you can throw a rock. That would vary by different people's strength and so on and so forth, but it, it wasn't very far. You can't throw a rock a mile unless you're up in the air and drop it. But he went away from them to get alone with God. Notice what he does. He falls on his face. You find this a few times in the Bible where someone falls on their face and every time they do this, they're before God. And they fall on their face before God. And Jesus was needing his Father's help. He fell on his face and prayed. He began to talk to his heavenly Father. Notice what he says. Oh, my Father. He acknowledged that God in heaven was his Father. But notice the little word, my, how personal it is. 
It's not our Father as He taught His disciples to pray. When He said, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. This is very personal. Oh, my Father. If it be possible, if there is a possibility, if there is just an inkling of a hope, of a possibility, let this cup pass from me. What's he referring to, this cup? He's referring to the fact that he's about to go to the cross. He's referring to the fact that he's facing a lot of torment even before he goes to the cross. And he's facing beatings like no man had ever taken before. He's facing being spit upon. He's facing having his beard plucked out. He's facing people slapping his face. He's facing all kinds of foul language being hurled at him. He's facing all of this. And then to be nailed to a cross. And to hang there and die. Jesus was 100% man, but He's also 100% God. Can you see the struggle here between His human flesh and the Spirit? It's going on in His life. His human flesh is rebelling, not wanting to do what needs to be done. And that's why I said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But notice his surrender there. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. But Jesus is struggling. He's struggling to do what needs to be done in order to redeem mankind. There was a verse of Scripture that came to my mind that said, He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. This is what is about to take place here. And Jesus is trying to bring His flesh into subjection to the Spirit that He might carry out God's plan for Him. He's struggling. Have you ever struggled like that? You knew in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit something that God wanted you to do, something somehow that God wanted you to obey in some way that God was taking you and placing you in a place that was very hard for you to bring yourself into subjection to what God wanted you to do. Multiply that by 10 trillion million and all those kind of things and you'll be getting close to what Jesus was experiencing. But 
his spirit and his flesh were struggling. He said, not as I will, but as you will. Not my will, Father, yours be done. He comes back to his disciples. He had left them, told them to watch. Stay alert. Don't go to sleep. Be on guard. He came unto his disciples and finds them asleep. Bible scholars say it was about midnight. He comes and they have succumbed to sleep. They're all sitting there laying on the grass whatever, wherever they were at. And he says to Peter, now you remember what happened? Jesus told Peter these things were going to happen and Peter rebuked him and all those kind of things. And Peter said, I'll not, never deny you. Peter had made his boast. Now here's the one that Jesus comes to. And he says, Peter, could you not watch with me one hour? Evidently, Jesus had spent an hour there in prayer. And he said, Peter, couldn't you just stay awake for one hour? I, I had to chuckle about this. If you're having trouble going to sleep, Somebody used to say, count sheep. Somebody else said, if you have trouble going to sleep, talk to the shepherd. You begin to pray, and the first thing you know, you're off sleep. There's a reason for that. We'll talk about it in a minute. Could you not watch with me one hour, Peter? Notice what he says in verse 41. Watch, stay alert, and pray. Peter, I need you to stay alert. I also need you to be in prayer. Pray that you enter not into temptation. Peter, you don't realize what lays ahead. Peter, you don't realize how much you're going to be tempted. You don't realize what you will face because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Watch and pray, Peter. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus had discovered something about himself but he's also sharing this with Peter. The Spirit indeed is willing. You see, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in you. 
The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always willing to do what God wants done. But you and I run into those spiritual struggles. We run into those times and places in our life when the Spirit tells us, do this for the Lord. The Spirit says to us, witness to that person. Tell them about Jesus. But what happens? Many times the flesh is weak. Many times the flesh overrides the Spirit. Many times the flesh tells us, don't you do that. Jesus had told Peter, just stay awake. Just watch. And now he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And Jesus found out that the Spirit was willing in his life, but the flesh was weak. It was the flesh crying out, saying, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But it was his Spirit saying, Nevertheless, no. I will, but may your will be done. You ever have those struggles? If you've been a Christian very long, you've probably experienced some of those struggles like that. The Bible says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. The sin of Omission. The sin of omitting what God wants us to do. Now notice in verse 42. He went away again the second time. Jesus makes his trip back to where he was. And he prays. And he says, oh my father. If this cup may not pass away from me. Except I drink it. Thy will be done. Again, here's that struggle. Oh, my Father, if I must face this death, if I must be beaten and whipped, mocked, spit on, slapped, have my beard plucked out, be nailed to a cross, hang there between the heavens and the earth, and my life depart from this body. Lord, if this cup may not pass from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. He's still struggling. He came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Someone asked in Sunday school class today, is prayerlessness a sin? Jesus told them to pray, and they didn't. Yes, that's a sin. Many of us are weak in our spirit because we don't seek God's face. Because we don't submit 
to God's will in our life. Jesus was having a struggle with this. It's a struggle like you and I have never faced. He leaves them again in verse 44. He left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. I've had people to say to me, well, I, I don't know what to say to God. I've asked him for things. I, I've asked him for something. I've asked for his help. And I've not got it yet. Did you notice Jesus asked for the same thing three times? It's not wrong to ask God more than once. There's things that I have prayed for for years. I have a, a good personal friend. We were working together during the Vietnam War. He was called into service and was sent to Vietnam. And he's a lost man. And I've prayed for him for over 50 years. There's hardly been a day went by but what I didn't call his name out to God in prayer. A few months ago, I stopped by his house and talked to him. And I pleaded with him that day to trust Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He said, I'm thinking about it. That's as far as he'd go. But I still pray for him. And I still believe that God is going to change his heart and his life. You've probably got people in your life like that. Don't give up on them. Don't quit praying for them. Continue to pray. Prayer is one of the most spiritual things that you and I can do. When we pray, it unleashes God and allows God to go to work in our lives and in our circumstances. Verse 45, Then cometh he to his disciples, and he said to them, Sleep on now. Jesus had come to that place where his spirit and his flesh had agreed that he was going to do God's will no matter what it cost. And there's always a cost to serving God. But I'll tell you, there's a bigger cost in serving the devil, a bigger price to pay. Sleep on now. Take your rest. I think he paused there for just a few seconds. And he looks out across that Kidron Valley. And he sees the torches. Of the temple guards. 
and of the Pharisees and the scribes and the priests and all of those that were making their way across the Kidron Valley. You see, Judas had went into town. Judas had gone to the high priest. Judas had sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. Judas knew where Jesus would go that night. And Judas is leading them across that valley. And hear what Jesus says. Behold, wake up, be alert. The hour is at hand. It's time. The hour is at hand. The Son of Man, notice the previous, the perfect present tense here. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Judas had already done his work. Judas had already fulfilled what Jesus had said he would do. Jesus, Judas had sold Jesus out. The Son of Man, and he's talking about himself, Jesus. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Oh, but these are the most religious people of the day. Yes, that's right. But notice Jesus accurately said what he said. He is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Who are sinners? The Bible says we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm guilty. You're guilty. Jesus is the only one that knew no sin. Jesus is the only sinless person in this whole picture. But He's about to become sin for us that we might be saved through Him. He's about to drink that cup some people say it's a cup of poison. Some people picture it as every sin that has ever been committed in this whole world was in that cup that he was about to drink. Jesus is about to become sin for us. I wish I had the words to explain that. He's about to take my sins and your sins upon Him. No wonder when they nail Him to the cross, He cries out and says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew that His heavenly Father was about to turn His back on Him. 
He knew that he was about to be nailed to that cross. But yet he was willing to do it. To pay my sin debt and your sin debt. And then he says to his disciples, rise, get up. Let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth be. Judas was leading the pack, bringing them to Jesus. We'll stop there for today. I would venture to say that there is a struggle going on in the hearts of people who are under the sound of my voice today. That your spirit is saying one thing to you, but your flesh is saying something else. The spirit is wooing you to come and trust Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Or to come and repent of going away from the Lord. Perhaps he's, he's saying to you, there's something you need to get right with your brother or sister. But there's a struggle going on. That tension between the Spirit of God and our sinful flesh. The flesh don't want to give up. The flesh don't want to give in. The flesh don't want to say, God, may your will be done. But that's what needs to happen. Every person who's ever saved goes through that struggle. Every person who's ever lived very long for Jesus goes through that struggle from time to time in your life. That's why the Bible teaches us to be filled with the Spirit, to be under the Spirit's control. Many times we take matters into our own hands. Many times the flesh does what the flesh wants to do instead of allowing the Spirit to do what He wants to do. We're going to have the invitation song here just in a moment. As God is speaking to your heart today, God is letting you know what He would like to do in your life. And you're struggling with that. But in your heart of hearts, can you say to God openly and honestly, Lord, I want Your will to be done in my life. No matter what it may cost, no matter what it may be, I surrender to you. Let's stand together and bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Father, as we've tried to get a picture in our mind today of what Christ was going through there, my mind cannot comprehend it, Lord. Father, my spirit cries out to you. 
saying, not my will, but thine be done. Father, may that be the heart cry of every person in this building today and every person who's under the sound of our voice. May that be our prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you that you hear our prayers. Now do your work in our hearts, lives, Lord, as you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray.